755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic, and I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever out in Seattle, my co-host. Eric, what's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, watching the season wind down, ready to see what happens. Isn't it something? It's uh, been interesting, and I think the playoffs are going to be great. I love this expanded field because there's some really good teams uh, that would have been left out otherwise, some exciting teams. I, I almost wish I could just sit home and watch them all instead of even having to work, but I'll get to watch a lot more than I would have if I was going to have to be uh, traveling a lot or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's almost overwhelming to try to keep track of it all, but you know, I think it's – especially since fans can't come to the games, I think it's good to have more teams getting in. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting yeah. though. I mean, three, three, uh, three game first round. Anything can happen. You know that uh, the second day because the AL starts Tuesday and the NL starts Wednesday. That second day, you're gonna have games going. It's gonna I mean, be like it's gonna be just like the NCAA man. Yeah, it's a tournament. Eight games on on Wednesday. Yeah, I like Four that. Games I mean, on it's gonna you be know, great. with the off days in a regular postseason, once a team or two kind of wins a series or gets ahead there's there's sometimes there's days where there's not a single game or even two days mm-hmm. yeah that's terrible this is i like really good. i like this format where there's games every day there's gonna be games on every channel mlb network's even got a couple of games but i mean the division series so you're gonna have espn baseball uh, uh turner everything i think uh fox Sports fox is gonna put those fake fans in the stands oh my god i wonder if they're gonna do that while everybody <laughs> those things else throw does me off. They look terrible. I, it's the worst thing that anybody did during this. Yeah, I mean, the ball just hits them in the head and they just stand there. <laughs> they stand there yeah. cheering. <laughs> well, yeah. we thought this would be a good day because I know a lot of people quite have questions, some of which we can answer and others we can't, about the uh, playoffs, about the offseason, about the rotation, everything. So I thought it would be a good day to throw out the uh, – uh, to troll for some questions on Twitter, which we got some really good ones uh, in a short span. So we'll just attack those and jump right into it. Um, cool. should just say the Braves wrap it up this weekend, obviously with three games against the Red Sox and they dodged a bullet with Max Freed tweaking his left ankle the other night. I thought this is, this is the ultimate in this Braves curse this year. If they were starting rotation when he left the game after an inning, but really looks like he avoided anything serious. Only problem is the guy's going to go into the, into his game yeah. on start having pitched six innings in 25 days, dude. I'd almost, I mean, I'd almost have him face some hitters, you know, if he's up for it, have him, you know, day, a day or two before just throw an inning or two, just to just try to stay fresh. Cause that's a, it's a lot of time off heading into the playoffs, but. Snip was asked yesterday, whether, have they, you know, discussed doing some, maybe some sim innings, simulated innings. And he said no real quickly, but I I don't know if he was just kind of cranky at that moment or if, yeah, (laughs) because I would think they would at least consider it, you know, I mean, why not? But. I mean, this, the guys have left uh, the Gwinnett camp closed down because they start the quarantine. So they just started oh, the quarantine. That. Yeah, they just started it yesterday. All the Braves are quarantining now for a week. And uh, yeah, that make it that make it a little down. tougher. Yeah, you got to face guys uh, I mean, on your on your own team on your own uh, team. Even then, though, you know, I mean, you can yeah. always face guys that that aren't playing every day. You know, get yeah. some get some at bats for Hachavaria or somebody like that. You know, yeah, exactly. There's always guys that are willing to do it. I mean, it's just a preference thing. If I was Max, I'd want to. 
mm-hmm. but he's got his routine. You know, I don't know what his what his skits like. If he feels comfortable not pitching that much and jumping in the playoffs, and I mean, you just talk to him. Well, Snit said though uh, he now wishes. You know, he probably would have been, and it's obvious hindsight. But he said now they wish they would have just given him a couple extra days instead of putting him on the IL for those twelve days that he had for the back spasms because he was ready. You know, after a couple extra days. But yeah, they didn't, and who knew? Who knew? You know, tweak it, do it, playing field a bunt, which which Luke, which uh, Freed does really well too, because he fills his position great. But and it looked really innocuous; it didn't look like anything happened. But yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really worried about it. I tweaked my ankle. I used to roll my ankle all the time uh, playing basketball, but so th- my ankles are loose. But I was running full speed in the outfield one day, shagging in uh, Milwaukee, and the Brewers were playing catch. And uh, a guy overthrew a ball. So it was just rolling in the outfield. And I wound up stepping on it, running full speed, because I was looking up at the, the ball I was trying to catch. And, um, I mean, I turned it over completely. Like, my ankle bone hit the ground. And it was it was basically, you know, that bloody swollen ankle all the way up, like halfway yeah, up the yeah, ankle. Yeah. And we just taped it up, and I pitched that night. And, I, I you know, I thought I had this, like, hero story I was going to tell. But then I looked up the numbers, and I walked three <laughs> and gave up two runs. But I mean, the the point of the story just being, you know, ankles, they're not that they're not that big a deal, you know, especially being his push ankle. It, it, it's still stable and they can tape yeah. it up and, and make it useful. I mean, I'd worry about it a little bit, but that was just a baby tweak. You know, he just kind of yeah. barely turned it, probably just stretched it out a little bit. I wouldn't you know, I wasn't really too worried about that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to affect him in the start, but I think it it was a it was a kind of a it underscored how precision uh major league pitching is because here's a guy had not given up a home run all year yeah he does that and you can't even see him roll it you know i mean he stayed in he wasn't limping and then he gives up consecutive home runs to the next two batters that wasn't a coincidence you know just that that little bit in the back of his mind or not focusing or whatever i mean that just goes back to that point i was making you know like with ozzy being hurt seeing his numbers before and after his uh his wrist thing just how high of a level baseball is being played at and um Really, I mean, you think about it, guys, if a great, amazing player cannot play in this league at like 94%, right? Yeah. <laughs> if he's got to be 100 to succeed, it just shows you how high of a level the game's being played. But, you know, he's going to have time to let that heal up and, and get everything right and feel good by the playoffs. So he should be good. All right, so let's jump in, jump in there. First one is uh, this from Luke Swain and Luke Finks. At and Luke thinks he says, "Why does it take some pitchers with great stuff and makeup like Kyle Wright a while to figure it out, and but others like Ian Anderson seem to succeed immediately?" I'll let Eric answer this. My only thing would be, I think it, it because of it's pretty simple. Uh, as much as some non-highly competitive or professional non-professional athletes would tell you, uh, and I don't you don't have, you don't have to be professional, just a high-level athlete would tell you, they're human beings and yeah. they're not all the same. So <laughs> that's why you can't just go like all the time on metric stats and all that and act like the human element is not essential to performance because it is. And that's the only reason why some guys like Kyle Wright, who was a really sharp, smart guy, but for him, it doesn't flow right away. Like it did Ian Anderson, but you are much more suited to talk. Well, no, I mean, you're you're right. You're exactly right. Um, You know, everybody's different. Everybody's built different, you know, physically, mentally, Um, you know, you just, if you look at it, you come up through the minor leagues and there's guys way better than you and they don't make it, you know, because, because the mentality is so important and everybody matures at their own pace and confidence 
when you're first coming into the big leagues is so fragile. You know, if, if Kyle Wright had gone seven shutout his first start, how, how different yeah. would his whole career trajectory be just from yeah. that? You know, the confidence that you always hear people talking about building confidence and how important it is. But when you're not confident, man, you tense up, you move different, you, you know, you second guess yourself. You're just not the same person out there. So Ian Anderson coming up and just dealing his first start. I mean, that that just set him off on a trend. And obviously he's special. You know, you, you look at his mechanics. He hides the ball well. Uh, he's got a certain mentality that that allows him to just be free and easy and aggressive in the big leagues right off the bat. And maybe Kyle was just a little more timid when he came up. But yeah. the bottom line being that there's guys that don't make it past a ball that have better stuff than Kyle Wright. You know, yeah. there, there's everybody handles um, pressure and, and the different circumstances differently where it's just, you know, everybody matures at their own rate. There's there's nothing there's nothing more to it than it's just a mental aspect. I was talking to John Smoltz uh, for a story I'm doing next week on, on uh, it should be a, a good story, a, a funny story, a interesting story, but I was talking to him. We, we were talking about a bunch of different stuff, but one of his pet peeves is how pitchers are being young pitchers are being handled these days because yeah. they don't think they're, they're being given a chance to develop. He said, yeah. he goes, my career would not, he goes, I would, Dave, I would not have been able to have that career I did if I came along now because the way that he struggled early and the way that Glass struggled early, the way Maddox, but he said yep. he, with his stuff that Smolsey had, he said he would have come out, done what he did initially, and they would have put pen. him in the pen. Yep. And he said that's what they're doing with everybody today. They come up, you throw them in the fire. If they can handle it, you can stay starting. If not, they're going right in the pen. And, you know, he's talking about how his career would have changed if he'd have stayed with Detroit. He wouldn't have got a chance for another couple of years there. He came here and got thrust into a team that was rebuilding. So he got to, you know, uh, got to go through his lumps at the big league level, just like Glav did and like Maddox, Maddox did with the Cubs. But well, yeah, that's kind of what we talked about, you know, that, yeah. that, that uh, it's kind of almost unfortunate that the Braves are trying to win right now for a lot of these young guys that are trying to figure out the big leagues. You know, you go to other, other organizations, you get four or five starts. Right. Where they're Kyle like, right. this dude can't do it. But mm-hmm. Kyle Wright's been in that position where if, if he had a bad start, he might be going back to AAA. Same as Bryce Wilson. And that, same with Bryce Wilson, same yep. with Tukey. You know, that yep. that's a pressure. Um, like for me, my best season I had was after I went to arbitration the first time. I knew I couldn't get sent down. All of a sudden, I just got right. to play baseball. You know, it, it took so much pressure off um, in, in that aspect. But these guys have been in a spot where there's just that added element of losing their job if they have one bad game. Sure. So it just – it adds so much more pressure for them. But from the team's mind, you know, mindset or, or standpoint is – we're trying to win a division. We got to have somebody get it done. So they can't just yeah. sit and wait around for these guys. So, I mean, that's another thing that makes it tough, you know, pitching bad and, and losing your job or, or worrying about going back to triple A is just another element these guys have had to deal with. And that was even magnified twofold yeah. this year with a 60 game season. They just could and not afford to have a guy and, yeah. make three or four starts and tell him, are you going to get three or four starts? Show what you can do. It was like, no, we got to win right now. Yeah. No, I mean, but it was a player's mindset. You know, you have to, you have to embrace it and just say, I'm going to be the guy that steps up. You know, you can see what the other guys are doing. They come up, they fail, they come up, they fail. Yeah. You have to just say like, you know, you got to grab the bull by the horns. And, and basically that's what Ian Anderson did. If he would have given up a, a seven spot in three innings, you know, he yeah. probably would have gone back down, but he came up and dealt and then he dealt again. And now he's just here to stay. Yeah. And now you look at like Smoltz's numbers for his first five, six, seven starts and for right for a while there, his ERA was like over eight for his career. But now yeah. you look at it, he's had a couple of good starts, and now they're coming back. You know, now 
the stats are not that out of line with like Smoltz's when he first started, you know, or Glavin's when he first started. So people need to remember that when they just can, you know, before you just give up on a guy when he hasn't been up here for any, any significant stretch. Yeah. And there's just, there's a different kind of media pressure in today's game. It's not just one article that you suck, you know, coming yeah. out tomorrow or it's, um, especially if guys are active on social media, which I think is, is a big no, no, you know, but there's just the pressure of, you know, every single thing you do getting uh, analyzed in a different way now than it used to be where you just see an article or two in the paper. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they, they've, they've been under a ton of pressure, but like I said, man, you just, somebody has to figure it out and step up and the guys that did get to stay. Second question. Mm, who will step? This is from Drake Dodd. Drake Dodd nine says who will step up in the playoffs and be an unexpected star similar to Duvall's postseason last year. That's a good question. I mean, if we could answer it, then those those guys wouldn't exist, like the Lemkes and the Devalls, yeah. you know, because that's the thing. That's the nature of it. It's an unexpected guy. It's going to kind of be hard to have an unexpected guy do it for these Braves, though, because we know who they're going to play. They're not yeah. platooning guys, and their lineup pretty much nine deep has produced all year. None of those guys would be shocking if they produced. Only way it could be could – be, I think a surprise scenario is if somebody got injured or whatever, yeah. let's say Echeverria all of a sudden right. was starting at shorter or second base or third base, and you know, and he had a big, uh, and he had a big series. But other than that, I can't really think of anybody that's uh, you know Camargo is not going to be on it because you know he got sent down. Well, I think because you know you've had so many guys on this team that have stepped up and carried the the offense or, yeah. or had a big start. I mean, it'd have to be. I guess if Kyle Wright just went off and had some great starts, that'd be that'd be a big surprise or something. It wouldn't be a big surprise, but that'd be a big hero, you know, that you didn't really see coming. Yeah. But otherwise you've seen every, almost everybody on this team that's going to be out there has made some pretty big contributions already. So I don't think anybody would really shock you at this point. I'll go out there and say, uh, since I think it'd be the only guy that could really be maybe, maybe a little surprising or shocking is, is uh, I'll go with Kyle Wright because he's going to be a number three starter and nobody thought yeah. he was going to be, uh, you know, two weeks ago, yeah. nobody would have predicted that, but he's going to get the opportunity to now, now, and he could pitch the, uh, you know, if it's game three, you know, that's the game. decisive game yeah. in a three game series. Yeah. So it could be good. He could get the chance to, to really step up. So I'll go with Kyle Wright. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking too. That'd be the guy that would kind of, you know, uh-huh. if he had a big postseason, it kind of, you know, really, yeah. not really shock you, but it'd be, it'd be kind of un- – you wouldn't see that coming as yeah. much if, if he wound up pitching some really big games. Yeah, because you'd be expecting Freed or Ian Anderson to be the yeah. starter if anybody kind of dominates in postseason. Um, next one from Lee Kemp, Kimchi Kemps. And he says, how will lost revenues from 2020 and pending CBA negotiations hmm. affect the free agent market this offseason – and do you see a scenario where Cole Hamels comes back at a discounted rate to the Braves next season? I really enjoy the show. Thanks. I'll start with the last one. No, I don't see that. Uh, I just don't think that would be a good vibe because for no. either, because God forbid he would come back and be hurt again in spring training. Nobody would even know uh, you, you, the GM would never hear the end of that. You know what I mean? If you I mean, took if another chance him, with him, if they loved him and, and he was willing to sign a one year, one million, you know, right. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't think they turned that down, but Minor nothing like he got this in. year. Yeah. 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 That, you just you know, don't want to go through it again when you're an organization you or, or even a player, you know, you have this type of experience somewhere. I mean, even him probably doesn't want to sign right. back here and let the team down again. 
That's unwanted pressure. I mean, if you're going to, yeah. if, if you think there's any chance you're going to get, if something happen again and at his age, it could. So, but uh, the other thing, how lost revenue, that's a great question. We've talked about this before. We know it's going to affect the free agent market, but yeah. to what degree? We just don't know. I think if there was a bets or a trout or a free agent of that caliber, Garrett Cole, he would get the money he was going to get anyway. But I think it's really going to affect most Azuna. of the app. Yeah. Yeah. The Azunas, it could really affect them. Uh, because in a normal year coming out free agent with what he's done this year, he could, he could, at his age, he could expect a five or six year deal. I think probably close to 30 million, you know, yeah. with the DH and both leagues coming up, but that's not going to happen. I don't think this, this winter, I think he might have to settle for a two or three year deal, but I don't know. It just, it's such a, it's just so hard to tell right now. I don't, I don't know, know. And, for it. and teams have an out too, you know? It, yeah. It's there's been different things like the luxury tax or, you know, losing a draft pick that they've been able to to use to justify not spending money, but they actually have a real reason now. You know, a lot of teams really they did lose money or, or get put in a, They don't have to make it up. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Braves, especially, <laughs> you don't have to defend anything. I mean, At if all. people say, "Oh yeah, you're making money," they go, "Did you see our our, our stock report that we had to give up?" They, they lost $200 million. Those are real dollars yeah. in yeah. one quarter. And they, it's not like they're making it all up either. They make up some of it with broadcast revenues. And, you know, if this whole thing goes the, the duration uh, in, in the playoffs and assuming it will now, but they're not going to even come close to making up the difference of what they lost in those first couple of quarters, but especially that second quarter. You know? Yeah, I was thinking, you know, Azuna – I was just trying to think what he could get this offseason, and I bet he winds up with something like a three-year deal. Maybe uh-huh. maybe higher salary, but I don't see him getting that that five or six because it's only a sixty game season too. You know, I mean, if it was one hundred sixty two and right, he started exactly. off this hot, he could fall apart in July and and exactly. wind up with an average year. So there's exactly. there's not even that big enough sample size to prove it. So I'm also curious how teams are going to look at that. Man, it's just I've never had less of a feel for how a market's going to go than I do this winter. I just Zero. do not. But I, if I had to guess. And this could be way okay. off, but if I had to guess on Ozuna, I'm God guess three years, twenty million a year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think he could get that. Yeah, you know, maybe a little bit more, but that's what I'm thinking. You know, twenty to twenty five a year, but probably about twenty right now with this for the reasons you just said. Sixty games these the last two years compared to what he did for sixty games. But I mean, he's played as obviously as well as he possibly could <laughs> I mean, play. But he's the not most a convincing player. sixty games you've ever seen, right? You know? But he's a DH, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean so that, we'll that could be a hiccup too, you know, for the Braves if they're if they're looking at only signing him for three years and, and having to plug him in the outfield for one of them if the right. DH isn't coming gonna, next year. You're gonna have to find out if they're gonna have the DH next year, you know, before you it, it'll be a tougher market for him than than I think he'd anticipate. But again, I think he'll get at least that, and he could get a little more. Who knows? He's played great, but I just it's such a weird market, man. All right, next question is from E. Goldie, M. Gold's 22. He says, given the optimism surrounding Ian and Kyle, paired with Max and Mike, it's our first name here, what do you feel is the number one priority for the front office this offseason? I assume he's talking about extensions. Um or, or whether to sign, I think he's got to go out. I think uh, Alex has got to go out and get a veteran pitcher this off season, just because you've got you've got a really good chance there of having those four that you just named in the rotation next year. Great, and it's great. And you got others behind them too, knocking at the door. But I don't think you can assume that all those young guys are going to be healthy and 
and able to repeat what they did this year and all that. I think you got to get a a veteran to come, even if it's a a, a solid veteran number three starter. It doesn't have to be an yeah. ace, but I think you got to get a guy that you can count on. You know that that's healthy, maybe that's in the last year or has got a couple of years left on his contract, um, or even sign a free agent. But because the market might not be you know astronomical this offseason. but do you do you agree that you needed to you need to bring in a, a, a one veteran to go with those guys? Yeah, I think so. Just because you've just seen all the uncertainty this year, you know, there could be hiccups next year with guys, you know, just not, not being themselves, injuries, things like that. They're still young pitchers. You'd like to just reinforce it with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about all year, how nice it would have been just to have somebody like Julio. Yeah. Who, yeah. You know, he, he's Kyle. gone through, he's gone through his ups and downs, but you, you know what you're going to get, you know, it, yeah. you need somebody that you feel like is just going to throw five or six. Okay. innings, and if you can get them at a decent rate, uh, just mix them in, you know, because these guys are going to develop and, and down the road, your rotation is looking unbelievable right now. Um, I'd also say maybe, you know, some, some, I try to get Ozuna back, keep this offense the way it is. Cause that's been, that's saved the whole, the whole skit this year. Having oh yeah. Him, I was just thinking the offense. Yeah. 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 But yeah, pitching, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'd like to just reinforce right. it or, or stabilize it with somebody, you know, that, I mean, Lance Lynn's probably not going to take a one-year deal, but somebody on a shorter deal, you know, that, that you can just count on, you know, every fifth day to, to go out there and eat some innings. Kind of reset the bullpen every fifth day, you know, so you're not yeah. scrambling like you were this year so many times where the bullpen is just day after day after day has got to go five or six innings. Well, yeah, and the guy that you, if he gives up three in the first – you don't have to be double-barreled right. in the bullpen. You know, a guy that right. you can throw out there, and it's, it's not going to hurt his ego. It's not going to hurt his confidence to have a bad start. You're not going to have to send him down. You know, you know, a guy that can go out there and give up three and then just find a way to get through six with four runs, some, some kind of guy like that. And I know the Braves have, uh, have, uh, uh, have been reluctant or refused to get on the free agent pitching market in recent years. It's just, they, don't feel, they don't think it's an efficient way to build a rotation, but I think the free agent market could be really – really down this offseason it might be the year to do that to try to get a guy on a two-year deal you know that you normally would not accept anything less than four you know at a at a really high overpaid rate yeah but we'll see it could be really slow too it could be a slow offseason where everybody's waiting around you get a good deal toward the end but i agree i think this guy was asking more number one priority for everything and you're right And, and ozuna to me uh, you're going to be in the same boat you were with donaldson you're going to have to overpay for him probably like you would if donaldson to keep him and Ozuna, like we just said, the market might not be nearly what he thought it was going to be. And if it is only three year, only three years, twenty million a year, I think you go. I think you go that far with this guy because mm-hmm. you might look at a Bryce Ball being your DH down the down the line, but you have no idea for sure if he's ever going to be ready. I mean, he's got the few, the potential for it for sure, but it's not like you're blocking him if you sign Ozuna for three years because Bryce no. Ball hadn't even played above a ball, you know. So. Right. That's a guy that would be a perfect bridge to a guy like that if he does develop, you know, or anybody else develops that could handle that role in a few years. Yeah, I mean, but that's why the DH is so huge too, because you're trying to get Pache up there, and and yeah. you got Acuna already. So if you have if you have to stuff him in left field for a year to sign him, you know that that might be kind of a deal breaker for him. Versus if there's yeah. DH, you sign him right back. Yeah, I think you got to wait to see what happens with the DH, whether it's voted in next year, because you got Duvall. And he's here for two more years, and he's for sure playing next year, you know? So he's in left field, yeah. Duvall is. If you uh, if you don't get a DH next year, there's nowhere to put an Ozuna. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you could play unless you do yeah. you know, Duvall in right and uh, Ozuna in left and Acuna in center. But then that's blocking mm-hmm. – then you don't have room for Pache. So 
It doesn't right. work unless there's a DH next year. Ozuna, I just don't see it working unless there's DH next year with the Braves. And, you know, the amount of money it, to sign him early, the good news is you're going to have time because I think the price range the Braves are going to be in is it's not, Ozuna's not going to be in that price range till January. Right. You know, and early on, right. he's going to be looking for it, just like JD. JD wouldn't have taken the deal he took early in the offseason. You, you right. would have had to sign him for five years, 120. He winded up getting 90, but. I think Ozuna is going to be the same way where he's going to be shooting pretty high off after the season early on. And so it'll kind of match up with when you find out about the DH. The good thing is you'll be able to make him that qualifying offer. And last year, yep. you never know, because last year he regretted when, when he ended up signing with the Braves, didn't end up regret signing with the Braves. And now I'm sure he's thrilled he did. But initially when he signed for one year and 18 million, he told a St. Louis writer, if he'd known, he wished he would have taken the, uh, the qualifying offer because he was already set in St. Louis. I mean, this is when he's still trying to get, you know, accustomed to, you know, spring training and everything with the Braves. It, it, you know, he ended up getting just barely more signing with the Braves. He could have got the same thing as in the qualifying off with the Cardinals. So if he's in the same boat and doesn't know what the free agency is going to look like, the Braves make him a qualifying offer. Who knows? Maybe he'd take it. Then no, again, there's, the there's Braves, zero chance after this year. Well, then again, if they're with the Braves and you don't know if the DH is going to happen next year, would you even no, do you that? Gotta offer it? Yeah, you, I think you got to. He's got to offer it because you got to get a pick. Too damn draft good. Pick. You got to get the draft yeah. pick compensation. So yeah. Uh, same guy. M. Goals had another question here. He's getting. He's getting a twofer. He's lucky. He said, "If if I named you GM for the day, in what order would you offer extensions to the following players, and what would be the length amount of cap for said extensions?" I I'm not going to try to tackle the length and amount yeah. man, because just such a weird market right now, and I think anybody's just guessing if they try to. But of the four, Max, Soroka, Dansby, Freddie. Freddie's number one, yep. period, because I think – and I don't think that's going to be hard to do either. You make him a reasonable, a fair offer, he's going to take it because he wants to stay here, and they obviously need to keep him here. So uh, I'd go with two. I'd Dansby. go – we've talked about this a little bit. You know what? I'm going to go Soroka because mm -hmm. I think you kind of try to take advantage of the fact that he's now experienced a crippling type, not a crippling, but a, a serious injury, a devastating career injury. threatening in a sense. Right. So he knows how fast things can change. And I think you might be able to get him not trying to screw him. I'm just trying to, I'm just saying something fair for both sides where he jumps at some long-term security of let's say a four or five year deal and the Braves take a little bit of a risk, but it's not that much of a risk because it's not the elbow or shoulder. And, and, and I don't know of anybody that has not come back from uh, an Achilles uh, at, at, at a really in his early twenties. So then again, nobody tears their Achilles in their early twenties, but I just don't think there's much risk involved. in if you go Soroka and then three, hmm, Dansby or Max, that's close. Max, the only drawback at all for Max is he's not as young as some people might think. Because he lost a couple of years to TJ to uh, TJ surgery recovery, so he's like twenty seven now, twenty six, twenty seven. But uh, I, I try to get Max signed unless it just blows up. I'm right there, him, him and Dansby. I like both. I, I'd go for. I think both of them should be priorities. Dansby, we've seen him now enough, and I think it, the good thing was he got through this little lull that he typically has after his hot start. And now he's, and he's hitting like crazy again. And the defense has yeah. never lagged at all this year. So like, you know, I, well, I said, you know, you can build, you can win a championship with that guy's your shortstop. I like him. I just don't know what he's looking at. You know, I have no idea what Dansby's looking at. Maybe Dansby thinks he's a special player that has a number one overall pick 
he should get a huge long-term contract. And I don't know that the Braves are going to buy on that. So we'll see. But if it's reasonable, I think him and, and Max are right there together for me right after Freddie and Soroka. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Freddie for me is number one. J- just because you know it's going to be the most painless of them all. Uh, he wants to come back, and you know he's going to take a discount. He's been – I mean, it, it, he's been the franchise player for however long. So, mm-hmm. you know you know that's going to work, so you want to bang that out. But um, for me, Dansby, man, the, just uh, – you know, it, these questions are so tough because it's all right. – it takes two to tango. It, you right. don't know what he's looking at or what he wants, but um, – I'd offer Dansby a pretty damn good deal. Just seeing the type of player he is, he's he's been pretty healthy. Um, he has that knack for getting big hits. Even last night, he comes up, yeah, you know, yeah. bases loaded, gets a single. He just has this. He's just a winner, you know. He's yeah. got that certain mentality you want, especially from a guy playing shortstop. And right. then Max, you know, Max has had some. He's been through Tommy John. He's had plenty of injuries. Uh, he's a little older. I think he'd be more likely to take a cheaper deal and and really go for that security. And Soroka yeah. just seems too confident to me and too, yeah. you know, he's he's too smart. He's too young. Um, he's he's too confident in his ability to get back from this injury. I mean, if he had another one, if he had another really threatening injury, it might change his mindset. But I think for him being so young, he's probably just got that mindset that this was just a freak thing that's not going to happen to him again. And, and he he seems like a guy that would just wait for me. But Max, I, I could see jumping at something. I wonder if Max's relationship, when he's really close with uh, Giolito and with Flaherty, if that will, you know, conversations with those guys will play into anything. Or if he looks at it as he's had a lot of little nagging stuff. So he's had reminders all the time of how precarious this can be. You know, just the thing with the ankle, for instance. But that's not serious, yep. but a lot of little nagging stuff. He's not a guy that's giving you 35 starts a year, at least not so far. So take that. You know, look, let's just get this out of the way and get some security and then just worry about pitching again. So well, and pitchers in general, too. You know, there's there's just there's a lot more there's just a lot more than go wrong with pitchers. So you gotta have a different mindset than a guy like Dansby, you know, he could say, I'm going to free agency. And it's kind of like, all right, he's going to free agency. Right. But with a pitcher, you got to get there. You got to get there healthy. And there's yeah. there's arm stuff, there's shoulder stuff. You know, it's it's just emotion. You're really not supposed to naturally do that many times. Right. So pitchers, I could see, you know, haven't been one. You know, I wish if the Braves would have come to me with anything before I had Tommy John. But we both yeah. knew it was coming. So there's no chance of that. Um, but I always had that mindset as a pitcher. Like, shit, this thing can blow at any minute. You know, if you get guaranteed money, you got to take it. And he's also a guy that missed almost two years recovering from TJ. He yep. knows it's, he knows probably that the rate of, of, of uh, repeat TJs. I mean, a lot of guys have them again. Well, and, and if you repeat, you're never getting a long-term deal. Right. You know, if you have another right. one, there's no one's going to take a chance after that because the and, third one will be the wrap. And as, and as you've talked about this, as long as much as he works, as hard as he works, and he he's does all the right things, if you look at him, He's not a guy. He's not a 220-pound Max nope. Scherzer-looking dude that's going to give you 230 innings and 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 it's never going to break down. I mean, he's a he's a lanky dude and he's got some long arms and all that. Who knows? I mean, if he's it, it's a real play. athletic delivery. You know, there, there's yeah. a lot of motion there. It, it's something that might be harder for him to maintain when he starts aging and getting into his 30s. Versus, you know, you watch Soroka, he just kind of steps and throws. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could see Max. I don't know. I mean, it, basically, if I'm Max, I'm. I'm definitely taking a discount. I haven't been through what he's already been through. He's had, he's had what it was a back popped up this year, rolled an ankle. Yeah. You just start back seeing spasm. like, you know, things can just throw you off. You know, I always, t- I always told guys, you know, if you got a chance of guaranteed money, take it. Yeah, no kidding, man. But position players different. It's a lot easier to stay on the field. 
When let's see this from Justin Fowler four says, have teams been allowed to have scouts attend other games in person this season? Just curious if the Braves did have any scouts left. Would they have been allowed to scout the central and West teams? No, no. So that's, and that's a reason that a lot of teams let all these scouts go because they figure, you know, when we need them again, we can hire scouts again. But in the meantime, we're paying them for five or six months to do really nothing because yeah. if MLB wasn't going to allow them into, into games to watch to us to scout, then, you know, it's kind of hard when you're looking at the, when you're looking down the list of salaries and you go, okay, this guy's not doing anything right now. And, and that's where teams are right now, trying to cut expenses wherever they can. Unfortunately, it's not fair for scouts, but because, you know, I think it, I don't, I, I didn't understand why MLB didn't let scouts in. You know, frankly, let them sit in the stands, you know, 100 feet away from the field. But they didn't. So, you know, and it's not really hurting teams. I mean, it does because I think it's always good to have a human, a scout there. But they've got such advanced video now. And and they can, you know, they see super slow-mo. They see everything. So they know exactly what their opponents are doing. But it is always good to have a scout watching the guys, watching, you know, watching the human reactions and elements and all that, how this guy's looking right now. Is he favoring something and all that? But no, in answer to your question. They yeah, do I not. mean, there's there's stuff they you could see in person, I guess, like mm-hmm. body language or, or just get mm-hmm. a feel for the game a little different in person. But, yeah, I mean, with all the video they got, you can you can watch a guy throw from both yeah. sides and from third base side, first base side. You got the home plate view. They got the view from center field. You know, there, there's a lot they can accomplish. I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt teams too bad. Yeah. It's mainly just losing those guys, you know, yeah. if they maybe didn't adapt to doing their scouting online or, or through video and stuff like that, if they didn't adapt to a new way of doing it, you know, maybe that hurts you, but there's just so much, like there's so yeah. much video and information and numbers and all this shit out there. It's almost like it gets to the point where it's overwhelming. Well, in the last couple of years, more and more teams had gotten away from doing advanced yeah. scouting period. So that just yeah. tells you, because major league teams, as much money as they were making, if they decided that it wasn't worth sending somebody there and they could just do it off this video that they're all getting now, yeah, it tells you something about it. I think where it hurts you more than all, more than anywhere, is when you're looking to sign free agents and make mm-hmm. trades, and you don't have a scout telling you what he saw from this guy, how he interacted with his teammates, how he, you know, I think that's where the scouts really help you a lot. Oh, yeah, because they don't show them jogging to the dugout. They don't exactly. show their body language in the dugout. They don't show how their teams interact, yeah. their teammates interact with them. Like that, that's kind of the stuff that's harder to, to see. And that, that stuff, you know, that's, that's almost just as important when, whenever you're going to get a new player. Nobody asks, yeah. you know, if he really hits balls 500 feet. Everybody knows what they do. Yeah. They want to know what kind of guy he is and all that type of stuff. And scouts do that when they're at ballparks. Yeah. They talk to people about it. Hey, what's he doing? What's he? They already yeah. see some guy who's sitting by himself in a corner, you know, or pouting or whatever. You know, just little shit that yeah. scouts see, man. And they know. talk to they talk to each other. You know, yeah. kind of stuff floats around where it's like, yeah, but I heard he's he's kind of a dick. You know, yeah. things like that kind of get they around about writers, you. That, they talk to the clubbies. Yeah, but that in, those in person interactions are where a lot of that information kind of floats around that people aren't able to put in print. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. Hey listeners, producer Cam here. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. Or, the Braves just clinched the playoffs, I gotta go hang with the boys. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. 
A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash real, R-E-A-L, and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Again, it's as simple as going to GetRoman.com slash real, R-E-A-L. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash real. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, this one's from Bradley Vaught. Is, an ad- is it an advantage to our young pitchers heading into the playoffs with limited attendance as opposed to stadiums being sold out? I say absolutely yes, but Eric, what do you say? For sure. I, there's still going to be – there's still going to be nerves and a buildup, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you, man, like pitching like that wild card game we played in 2012, uh-huh. that's the loudest stadium I've ever been in. And you've already built too. up. Yeah. You've, you've already built up enough in your head and, and put this pressure on yourself. But when you go out onto that field and it's, it's a different atmosphere than you're used to, uh, it's going to be the same atmosphere. The games are just going to be mean more. There's not yeah. going to be anything different. Even, you know, when you get to the stadium, that's another thing, not having media in the clubhouse, right? When you get to the stadium at June at Turner Field or, or Truist Park, and there's six beat writers in there, right? <laughs> or, or two sometimes. Right. You show up for a playoff game. Yeah. There's there's 115 people in the clubhouse. Radio, I mean, the TV whole people, thing everything. Just, yeah, the whole thing's just a just a debacle. I mean, it, it, yeah. it changes everything, but all that does is that just adds to the buildup of that moment. Um, for the young guys now, they're just going to come to the field probably exactly the same as they did before, do all yeah. their same routine. Exactly. The, game, the game itself's going to mean more. But that that really isn't the the most pressure you feel. It's all the other shit going on. You know, all the other people, all the there's ESPN, there's all these people you see that you never see during the season. You don't see right. Ken Rosenthal and Buster only walking around the clubhouse at, at two o'clock in a normal season game. Yeah. But playoffs, you're seeing all these all these people, you know, or it just it kind of amplifies what's going on and it could yeah. put a lot of pressure on young guys that aren't used to it. So I think that it'll definitely help. Yeah, I mean, from the time you arrive at the park and there's like hundreds of Chaos. fans out screaming yeah. and stuff and you're yeah. seeing, and, and you know, you, and, and at the hotel, everything, it's just not that, they're not seeing that right now. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, so I think there's going to be inherent pressure of them thinking about how big this is, but yeah, you're right. Without all the other contributing factors, I think it's different, whole different ball game, you know? Different ball game. Yeah, yeah, even, you know, when you go to the bus in the postseason. Yeah there's a hundred fans all of a sudden cheering and, and they're not asking for autographs. They're just rooting you on. But, but all that just kind of builds up by the time you get to game time, you got all these extra emotions and things piled up that, you know, that could throw you off your game. So I think it'll, I think it'll definitely be an advantage for young guys kind of getting a soft landing in the playoffs. Ian Anderson already said how, how much it helped him this year, like going to Fenway park and there's not fans there packed because that place would normally be packed. He's been there five or six games mm-hmm. in his life at least to go there and nobody there. I mean, that's just, there's not any of the pressure that there would have been with, uh, you know, just place, just packed with, uh, and like I was thinking of Dodger stadium, 
Yeah. Uh, Max Fried said when he first went into the game at Dodger Stadium, he's from LA, and last year's 55,000 people there. He said he couldn't even feel the ball, you know, when he went out there yep. initially and, and and he gave up a home run and it kind of brought him back to reality. And that took a couple of years ago in the playoffs. But I mean, guys yep. that are normally you think are really calm and everything, they get into that environment and it's like it's a cauldron, man. It's different. You know, that same thing happened to me. I I was warming up for that wild card game and I couldn't feel the ball in my hand. Like you just have this different set of nerves and adrenaline that you're not used to processing and, and handling. Yeah. You know, was, I think or even you know, my major league debut, uh, same situation. You, it's hard to explain. Like, you can't feel the ball in your hands, but you're just so overwhelmed with this, like, uh, higher level of sensitivity to everything going yeah. around, on around you that you lose this this comfort and this ability to chill and just be relaxed yeah. and do your normal thing. And that throws everything off. But for me, in my major league debut, I was all right. You know, I was kind of pumped up, and I was jogging out in the field, and I looked up and saw myself on a jumbotron for the first time. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, you know yeah. that? I'm really doing this thing, you know, and then yeah. you start, you start processing, you know, everything going on around you that it could just throw you off your game and make you nervous. And and that's the whole thing about, you know, we talk about that all the time, but getting up to the big leagues and just being yourself and doing what's always worked. Um, it's so much easier said than done because you're not used to processing all those emotions. I think for the sake of accuracy, I think what Max said is he couldn't feel his legs. I think yeah. that was what he said when now he first you're just went numb. You're just yeah. numb. I mean, and it's another level of adrenaline, you know? Yeah. It's like it's a way higher level of adrenaline and energy that all of a sudden your arm is faster. Yeah. So you're trying to time it up with your mechanics. You can't feel your legs. You got all this. Your heart rate's going 150 miles an hour, and you're trying to have this normal tempo that you have. It's ball one, you know, <laughs> ball yeah. two. Yeah. It's, it's just a different thing. So, yeah. I mean, definitely I think it'll help these guys. Next one's from Clay E. Uh, he says, do we see Fulty this weekend, or is the book closed on him? Uh, and I paired that with another one from Matt Van Hevelen in VHSFSD said, why not give Nuke and Fulty a shot this weekend just to see what they should would do, especially Nuke, since he has options and has history of successfully navigating the lineup once. Could pair him with a righty opener and hopefully get a favorable matchup in playoffs. Well, problem with that is you have room on the 40-man for Fulty, but you don't have room on the 28-man. And if you were to bring one of those guys up this weekend – Somebody's got to go off the 28-man yeah. roster. So you look at that 28-man roster and you tell me which of those guys deserves to be sent down to make room for Fulty or Nuke. And when they do, if you were to, to bump them for one of those guys this weekend, they're, it's 10 days minimum down. So they'd be ineligible for the first round. So whoever you bump off the 28-man roster would be ineligible for the first round. And which guy in that bullpen do you want to bump to make room for Nuke or Fulty? I don't mm. see how you could do it. No. You can't no, take I mean, an extra arm. You don't need an extra arm for a three-man series. You need Bryce Wilson, but, but he's almost shown you just as much as those. You know, you right. might be more confident in him. His um, last time out, he looked like a guy that could make a start for you if he has to. You yeah. know? Do you really and feel it's confident be like that, or Nuke you know? doing that right now? No. I wouldn't mind having Nuke out of the pen, knowing he can go long, you know, if shit went south. you got a lot south. of guys that can do that, though. you got a yeah. few guys. And, and guys that have been innings. doing it. Yeah, Luke went four, Tomlin could go four. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of a rough spot for those guys, man. That it just doesn't doesn't stack up very well for either one of them. I think if we were going to see him, we would have seen him by now. Right. And I think there'd be a better chance. I don't think it's a good chance at all, but a better chance in a five game series where you're going to need a fourth starter, but you don't need a fourth starter for a three game series. So, and you're not going to supplant any of these three guys with those guys for sure. And then you just said. it makes it tough because you you don't want your first look at them to be the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Second round of the playoffs. 
You don't do that yeah. unless there's an injury. Right. So, yeah, it's a rough spot for them to be in right now. Uh, let's see. Cody Huff. Ooh, thank God it's not another other Huff. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be able to put that question on here, I'm guessing. Yeah. He says, for both of you guys, what's the biggest key to the successful Braves playoff run? Mine is capitalizing on runners in scoring position. Huge issue for the Braves in games three and four last year against Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, that's the obvious, but at the same time, it's not like something you can work on. You know, it comes and goes. I mean, they have games where they just rate with runners in scoring position. Least of my worries is this team's offense this year. I mean, in the playoffs, yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen. But I think the obvious thing is uh, the biggest concern is the pitching matchups, especially if you get the yeah. Reds in the first round. You're going to have Bauer against Freed, so, okay, eliminate that right there. Then all of a sudden you're down to two and three. And we've seen enough of Ian Anderson, I think, to feel pretty confident that he can do it. But I yeah. don't know. It's kind of a crapshoot at three. Is, is, is Kyle Wright? He's broke through. He had a really good start after a, after a he had a he had a good start and then a really good start. So can yeah. he do the same thing in a playoffs? I just don't know. And if you does get he have another really, one left? Is he making one uh, yeah. more? Yeah, tonight. Okay. okay. So that'll be good to see what he can do, and, and if he can really back it up with one more really good one, that feel a lot better about that. Yeah. But the good thing is, we've talked about this. They can afford to pull a guy like in a second or third inning or first innings if it's if it's mm-hmm. just obvious he doesn't have it. And they've got the bullpen that they can piece together, especially in a three game series. You three can, games, you can, yeah. You can use five of your relievers and get through a, a a game, no problem. And they obviously have the offense that can hit anybody. If you try, Trevor Bauer had a game this year where he gave up four runs, at least one game like that. This team has shown they can hit. They've hit Degrom. They beat Degrom. They've hit Scherzer. They can hit anybody. So. That's what I like about this team's chances. This guy said runners and scoring. That's the least of my concern is this team, you know, getting in a run at from third base with less than two out. That's been a problem, but I just don't think that's going to kill them in a postseason. We'll see. But I just like their, I like their ability to pound the ball against anybody. Yeah, it could, you could, because you know, the, those at bats really matter, but I mean, just, yeah, like you're saying, the offense is just so damn good. You know, if they, for me, it's just, if they can just keep doing what they're doing, they can go, all the way. I mean, you, you know, there's, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be uh, some starts that are questionable, you know, just because you got, you got a lot of young guys, yeah. especially making their first playoff starts, anything can happen there. But, rookies, man. Yeah. But the, but you know, the, the offense is doing what they've done all year long and it, even last night, you know, they didn't come back, but you just, they were down four in the eighth. They almost I, did. Yeah. I felt like they were going to win the game. I did too. I did too. Um, so having that in your back pockets, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, you know, Bauer's going to be tough, though. I mean, he had bases loaded, no outs yesterday, and struck out the side. He didn't strike he's, out. He he's might on be another the best level in baseball right now. Him and Bieber right now. He might yeah. be better than Degrom right now. I mean, right now. Yeah, I'd rather face Bauer than Degrom though in a playoff game, um, just because you know it's, it's Jacob Degrom and and he's got yeah. that that track record. But I'm just interested to see you know the antics because he's been yelling at hitters and doing all this stuff. Yeah. I, I know. If, if, if he strikes out he Acuna first, last night. I know he, a couple times he yelled at everybody. <laughs> but if great. he yells at Acuna first at bat and oh, strikes him out, great. and Acuna gets him in the second at bat, yeah. he might walk around the entire bases. So I'm excited <laughs> just to see that the pettiness <laughs> of it all play out. And Azuna, I'm yeah, yeah Azuna will let him out too. Yeah, he's faced him before. I'm sure plenty. He could even I, I could even see Freddie doing something out of character if he's if he's yeah. been 
if he's seeing too much out of him. But uh, I'm just excited to see how it all plays out. Where's Josh Donaldson when you need him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the pettiest. <laughs> that would be the best, man. Yeah. Donaldson against Bauer in a playoff matchup. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun to watch. Uh, which players that would be free agents do you think the Braves attempt to re-sign and which would you expect them to pursue? We kind of answered that. Any shot at Real Muto? No, they don't need a catcher. They've got catchers coming up, and that would be – he's going to get a huge contract. And I just think the Braves have seen enough from their young guys that, uh, you know, they don't need to spend in that area. Uh, Stroman? Nah. He's, he's out there, obviously. He's one of those guys that might fit what we were talking about, although I think he really sees himself as – you know, bigger contract than that. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's a relationship there with him and uh, Alex. Melanson back on a cheaper deal. Eh, they love him. I mean, they really – Snip really likes him a lot, obviously. But I don't know that they're going to have to do that, you know, with the young guys they have. Yeah. He's probably looking got, at his last contract too. Yeah, yeah. They got uh, – a couple of these guys are still under control. Um Chris Martin, he'll be back. He signed a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the young guys like Jacob Webb, you know, uh, they'll Miners have a, look a so like, good. A guy like Grant, like Dayton, he's yeah. he's he's back. Uh, Luke is still under control, obviously. Uh, yeah, mentor, mentors look great. I mean, they still got him. Awesome. Yeah, they've so they've got quite a few guys back. They'll have uh, uh, Matzik of control of him. What about Will Smith? So really. Yeah, they signed him to a four-year deal, a three-year deal. He's he's not going anywhere. I think they're probably signing him. I don't know. I mean, it's it's nice. It's pretty damn nice luxury to have this offense or this bullpen. You know, if you can keep it that deep, but it might be a situation where Mark's looking at he could probably go out and get a couple years, and Mm -hmm. they're probably going to offer him one to close for somebody. And the Braves have Will Smith that they can plug in to close next year, or mentor even. You know, the way he's pitched, somebody will take that job. They don't need to go out and sign a big and, and spend a big contract again on a, on a reliever after they gave forty million for three years to Will Smith. No, they need to sign Ozuna back. For me, that Ozuna know, and a know, starter to me. Yeah, if it, there's no DH, that makes Ozuna a little tougher. But what he's done for this offense, yeah. it's been is having him hit behind Freddie is just yeah, that's a winning Terrific. combo. I really think it's going to be DH. I just think it's been such a big hit this year that I can't see the players going, we're not going to agree to it. And I can't see the owners not saying we're not going to agree. I, yeah. I just don't know why, what would hold it back, you know? Uh, just leverage, you know, if, if it's something they feel like the league really yeah. wants and, and they can get something they want, there could be a fight over it. But I think that'd be like the most likely thing the players would concede because mm-hmm. it's, it's just worked. The, uh, and I think we could see seven inning double headers too. I'd like those. I, Smoltz had a great idea, man. Smoltz, he said, you could have seven inning double headers, and the way you could get a lot more games in is you'd have every team schedule some Sunday double headers. Yeah. So that give you more days off, but you'd also get the season in in fewer games if you schedule – every team schedules maybe five of those, you know, play seven inning double headers. I think yeah, it just great. feels it just feels off, though, to, to, to purposely play a seven-inning major league game. I've liked it. But just it goes again, you know. But it, it works. And, and fans yeah. would come out for Sunday afternoon seven-inning doubleheaders, you know, because yeah. you're not at the ballpark much longer at all. For afternoon games, it would work, I think. I think it would be a big yeah. day at the yard for, for fans. Well, if you got every Monday off because of that, I think the players would appreciate an extra rest day. Right. But on the other hand, though, the, I guess the player, the, the, the issue they have is you're eliminating two innings every game mm-hmm. that we can put up stats. 
So yeah. it adds up if you play five of them. But if you play more than that, I mean, more than three or four of them, I guess. Well, that's what I mean if they're scheduled. You know, I, I think you'd have to keep it to a rain out or a whatever time of travel situation where you just couldn't get them in. Um, but I think you scheduled two or three of them at least without it being a big issue. But that's just me. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. And you might you speak for the player better than I do. Uh, let's see. Sports Ball is the movie, the podcast. So they got a plug there. Uh, <laughs> Sports Ball is the movie, the podcast. That's who this is. It says, what team would you realistically want to match up with in the first round? Well, not the Reds. To me, uh, I think the Marlins would be. Yeah. The Braves are two games ahead of the Cubs now going into the weekend, going into Friday. Unfortunately for them, because I think a better matchup. So right now they match up with the Reds, and if they were the three seed instead of the two, they'd match up with the Marlins. Right now, that could change. You know, there's a lot, still a lot of things in motion, but I like the matchup with the Marlins a lot better than I will with the Reds. Just me. Yeah, and the Cardinals. I don't want to play the Cardinals. No, there's just some kind more. of curse there. You know, there's it some just mojo there that's not good with the Braves, Cardinals in the postseason to me. It'd be nice to stick it to them after you know some of the yeah. the antics last year. Molina throwing that bat out to right field at Acuna and yeah. Flaherty drilling him later. You know, I mean, it'd be nice to beat those guys, but there's just something there that, that shit just always seems to go their way when they match up with the Braves in the playoffs. Some great uh, first Reds, round. Reds with Bauer and Sonny Gray. I mean, that's a tough oh, matchup. And, and Castillo. The, you know, the, and Castillo. Yeah, the Braves have just played so well against the Marlins over the years. Yeah. Um, they know their pitchers. They beat their best one this week, 6 though. you know. Uh, I mean, they hit him well. So, yeah, that would be good. Uh, there's some good round matchups in the first round, man. Dodgers-Giants, yep. the rivalry. Yep. Right, right now. Now, this could all change. But right now, it's Dodgers-Giants, 1-8. Two seven is Braves Reds, damn good matchup there. I don't like it, but it's a yeah. damn good matchup. It's Three good matchup. six is Cubs Marlins. That's a good matchup, and then the really good one is four five the Padres Cardinals. So I think uh, the Cardinals are going to see uh, going to are going to get a, 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 a whipping in that first round against the Padres, in my opinion. But although Clevenger being hurt does not yeah. that does not bode well for the Padres, but they've got some pitching. They got yeah, they some can other hit pitching. too. Um, they can do, I, yeah, I would just like somebody to knock the Cardinals out so the Braves yeah. don't have to deal with them. Yeah, I still like the Padres pitching more, with, even without Clevenger, than the Cardinals yeah. pitching. So, but interesting, though. Casey Wise, Bravehawk 12, we'll wrap it up here. Do you know any of uh, Do you know any of the meanings behind the players' actions when they get hits? Like Freddie patting himself on the head when he gets a single or the other, the other guys doing the stir it up. Well, the stir it up thing is just that. It's just – we're, we're stirring something up. You know, it's just something Ozuna started early in the season. The young guys jumped on it, the young Latin guys. Dansby jumped on so they all did. I think four or five of them do it. But it's nothing more than that. It's the thing that uh, a couple of NBA guys do. Uh, um, Harden. Harden does it with the Rockets. It's the notable one that started it a couple of years ago. But it's just we're stirring something up. It's nothing more than that. Freddie, I'm not sure about patting himself on the head. It might be something personal, you know, maybe a message to his late mom, that kind of thing. I'll have to ask Freddie if he wants to, if there's anything he wants to discuss publicly. But I, I did notice him doing it. I've noticed him doing it several times. But it's not one that's so uh, – uh, it doesn't really stand out enough for me to ever think to ask him about it like the stir it up thing does. So, but I'll have to ask him. Yeah, there's always some some kind of inside joke or, or a meaning yeah. or something like that. that maybe saying hi to his – Maybe saying hi to his son, you know, to Charlie. He might say, I just tapped myself on the hat and say hi to Charlie. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, that's it's a complete guess at this point, unless you talk to Freddie. Yeah. Raj Kumar. Uh, Raj at Kumar PhD. Oh, got a PhD on it. Uh, among nice. Our, nice. Among our followers here. 
who's the game four start in the divisional series if we make it? Hmm, good question. Mm-hmm. I think right now, right now it would be Bryce Wilson, but they could also go with uh, Enoa and yeah. get, you know, try to get four or five innings out of him, which he really – he's shown a couple times he can do and then bullpen it if they want to. Uh, Bryce is going to get another chance to start this weekend too. Uh, Sunday, he starts the finale, so he'll get a chance to follow it up. So unless he just gets blown apart, if he has a good series, I think you could definitely see him in that game four start if they get to that point. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd guess it's going to be Anoa just because he's had a bit, a little better track record this year. Yeah, you know, and 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 done it more and and shown he can thrive in that role in a sense. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's a toss up. And the good news is you got such a good bullpen that whoever makes that start is going to have a short leash. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know Man. you can back it up with with a lot of good relievers. Nice to be able to say that about your bullpen for the whole series, for any series too, right? I mean, that just any series. It just changes everything when you know if a guy gets is is getting uh, in a second inning. You know he doesn't have it. In the past, that would be like, oh no, this is tragic. But it's not that big a deal this year if it happens. You know, they've got the relievers to do it in a three or five game series. Maybe it bite you in the ass if it happened in the second game of a best of seven. Yeah, but, but in a three four, gamer, yeah, no, in a game three, it's not. It's yeah. not in a three game series. It's not going to hurt you if if you have to pull a guy. I think he, everybody has a short leash. I think in this postseason, no, and you'll have guys willing to do stuff that, and, and you, you know, you're not wanting to throw two or three innings out of the pen when you're a setup man in the fourth inning. Yeah, in, yeah. in the regular season, but in the playoffs, when the playoffs happen, it's like you know, all bets are off. You'll do whatever it takes. So you could bring mentor in, in the second or third inning. If you feel like it's a huge situation, uh-huh. bases loaded or something like that, and you need to get a lefty out, he's going to be ready. And and then he'll be ready the next day too. And if he has to go two or three innings or something different, guys are just, they're willing and they're capable of doing different stuff in the postseason. And when you got as much depth as the, as the Braves have, it's, it's a different story. And it's many guys on the team that can go two, three, four yep. innings. I mean, well, everybody you know, can. Luke went four the other day, you yep. know, uh, it, Inoa can go four, uh, but you got several that can go two. Guys like Matzik, uh, even even a guy like Shane Green has gone two this year. You know, I mean, they got but a lot of guys if, that can go two. And if everybody goes two, they're still ready tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's not a situation where you're going to rest them, and and you can't afford to throw a Green, Minter, and uh, you know Melanson two innings apiece, and and then you're looking at who do we pitch tomorrow? You right. you got everybody every day, and they'll recover in the off season. Uh, last question on here. Does Adam Duvall block Drew Waters next year? If so, what's the point of holding on to Drew so tightly? It's a good question. I think Duvall does block. Duvall has changed everything this year. Yeah. He's a guy that has two more years of contractual control, and he is a guy you want next year. You do not trade him. He's a guy that's going to hit you 30 to 40 homers in a regular season and play solid D, you know? I mean, he's what you would hope Drew Waters might be in five years. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, Drew would have more speed, but, I mean – you don't know that Drew Waters is ever going to be the, as good a ball player as Duvall is right now. I mean, Duvall is a good, good player. So, <laughs> yeah, most prospects you you take Duvall, turn it into Duvall would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, uh, so does he block him? And and if so, what's the point of holding on to? Him? So I don't know that they're holding on to him so tightly. You know, he was out there. I mean, they would have they would have moved him for the right deal at the deadline, but nobody wanted just Drew Waters. They wanted yeah. two or three of the Braves' top guys, you know. They didn't want just Drew Waters and then a lot lesser guys. They wanted the studs. So that's why, you know, you didn't see any moved. Maybe that changes in the offseason, you know, for the right deal. If they got a chance to get a guy, a pitcher, with two years of contractual control, 
Maybe they would include him now. Duvall, I think, makes that more of a legit possibility because he, you can get two years out of him. And by the time Duvall's up for a free agency, you're going to have these guys coming behind that the Braves got. They got a couple of young outfielders. I'm thinking especially yeah. that 19-year-old outfielder they had that got a, got into a summer camp game. Uh, Harrison, he's uh, they got some good ones coming up behind him. So he's especially that kid. So I don't think he's untouchable. Water's untouchable to answer your question. And I think Duvall definitely is, is in the lineup next year. Yeah. The only person that sucks for is Waters. You know, it doesn't suck for yeah. AA. He's in a great spot where he has yeah. a, he has a guy that's, that's going to be ready and looking like a great player, but he also has somebody that's already doing it. And so the only situation that's going to suck is if, you know, Waters just has to wait. But right. even then, you, you're not starting his clock. You know, it, it's tough for him because he doesn't get to start his career and, and start his clock and start looking at making money sooner. But at worst case scenario, if you don't get a good offer, he just falls out right. in AAA and has to exactly. wait. Exactly. You know? And, and he's, he, he's only played like 50 games above AA anyway, or less yeah. than that. He played like 30-some games, him and Pache, last year. You got to remember, this was like a lost season in, in effect. Yeah. Waters and Pache were at the at the alternate site, but that's different than playing actual triple game, games night in, night out. And and that he could definitely stand to spend some more time in AAA for sure. Waters could. Yeah. So there's 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 no rush there. And I don't like like you said. I don't think he's untouchable. But you're not just going to give him away because Duvall's hitting 30 homers a year. You know, you got to wait for the right deal. I think Pache is the one that's closer to untouchable just because of how good he is defensively. Um, But well, we'll see. Uh, None of none of them are Acuna. Okay, let's just people got to realize that. Yeah, that, no I mean, that's once in a once in a lifetime type of prospect. Right. I think Pache is a generation of, uh, could be a generational defensive player, but we don't know about the offense yet, you know. Yeah. We, and that's huge. So All right, hey, this is great, man. We'll do this again at some point during the postseason, but by the time when we talk again on Tuesday, we'll be the night before the uh uh playoff opener. That's going to be cool. We'll know who they're playing, what the matchups are, and a lot of lot more stuff, but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a good postseason, I think, to watch. Yeah, I want to see if I, I, I'm really just excited to see the interaction between Bauer and the Braves because I, I don't <laughs> think they're gonna be afraid to to play back. <laughs> I just wish we could go into clubhouses because I'd love to go over and talk to Bauer, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure he have some. He's always got something to say. Yeah, he will. He will be quoted. He'll be on Zoom. I can get on Zoom with him though. That's for sure. sure. They'll have him on Zoom before his first start for the opener. I'm gonna jump on that one. That'll be worth getting on the opposing team zoom on that one. Well, even that though, you know, we're talking about the pressure. Think how much less pressure that is to sit in front of a computer with a microphone yeah. instead of, you know, going into a yes. room and, and and standing there in front of Absolutely. 50 real people. Televised. You know? And those are yeah. televised live. This yep. is totally different. It's what they've been doing all year anyway since they came up, you know? Yeah. They don't know how many guys are out there. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, no, You're right. A lot easier. Yeah. That's going to help the brace. Really is. I think it could be end up being a lot bigger than we even think having two rookies who've never tasted the postseason at all, barely even been in the major leagues, you know? Yep. I mean, you see how many guys struggle when they go to the Yankees or somewhere like that with all yeah. that added pressure. That's what the playoffs does too. So it's going to help them. All right. We're out. 755 is real. Talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.